Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Family with Family, a mindful discussion of wholesome fare. My name is Jackson Harper, and joining me, as always, is my mother, Patricia Ann Stover Harper. Greetings and salutations. <laughs> That's like her thing, Matt. Sorry, I didn't I actually. Salutations, okay. <laughs> yeah. We have a guest tonight. Um, Mom, why don't you introduce our guest? Tonight we have with us Matthew Henry Hape. Hey, that's a tongue twister. Matthew Henry Hable. Um, <laughs> Only if you haven't said it for your whole life. I know. I, I've never really said your middle name. Uh, we have known Matt. We'll call him Matt. Um, we've known Matt for a very long time. I actually work with Matt in an optometry office where he is the optometrist. And I'm an accountant. His mom and dad are really close friends, and so is Matt, and we love his kids, too. Also, Matt and I went to high school together. We were not in the same class, but we were there sort of at the same time. <laughs> you were there at the same time. So, I think, Matt, I think you were a senior when I was a freshman, if I remember that correctly. That sounds right. Yeah, I graduated in 98. Okay, yeah. Anyway, how are y'all doing today? We're fine. Doing good. Well, uh, Mom, why don't you uh, tell the listeners what movie we're talking about tonight? Tonight, we are delving into icy waters. Oh, we're going to... <laughs> we're going to talk about Frozen, the 2013 computer animated film by Disney, which I'm sure that most of our listeners will have seen. Oh, Maybe yes. Not as many times as I have. Um, Anyway, it's the story of Princess Anna, who searches for her runaway sister, Elsa, who has icy powers and has set off eternal frozen situation for the um, country of Arendelle, eternal winter. In frozen situation. Sorry, I lost. I like, how you, I like that you came to frozen situation before you came to the word winter. Yep. <laughs> well... I don't know if it's really winter. I guess it is, but it's frozen. It's frozen. No, it's, it, the movie takes place in the middle of the summer. I know it yeah, does. So it's That's not actually it's not, not winter. actually winter. It's it is. It's winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. That uh, that gets that out of the way. <laughs> Sorry so, about that. So this is mom's pick, as we know. She picks, uh, I pick the odds, she picks the evens. Uh, but Matt specifically wanted to come on and talk about this movie. So why don't you uh, tell us a little bit why you wanted to talk about this movie, Matt? Um, well, based on what you were, uh, what you had on the list, I liked it best. I mean, that, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the list was good, uh, but this is the one yeah. that I liked the best. I've Watched it a ton of times with my children, and you know, it's just it is what it is. I, I feel like yeah. I can sing this in my sleep at times. <laughs> yeah, I remember when this movie came out because uh, it was it came out uh, during what I like to call my perfect week of movie going. Uh, that is between the week between Christmas and New Year's of 2013. I went to the movies and saw something every single night for a whole oh, week. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Seven <laughs> nights in a row. I went to the That's movies. Awesome. I saw this one twice during that week. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> I was very taken with it at the time. I still like it. I think I was just, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed Disney movies and, you know, it had been, it, there was a few years there where they weren't really putting out anything good. Um, and this was more of a return to form. I'd say this and Tangled, which came out a couple of years before. Yeah, we're both kind too. of a return to form, yeah. Would so. you like to know why I picked it? Okay, why did you pick it? Well, it actually came out the year that our oldest grandson was born, but I never saw it till he was about, I don't know, two or three years old. But he must have watched it at home. But whenever he would come to spend the night or come over, I'd say, well, what do you want to watch? Frozen. Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> and so we watched it all the time i bought the movie because i didn't know yeah and it was just it was constant yeah for a couple of years so i expect anyone who has kids or grandkids of a certain age has probably watched this movie a lot of times (laughs) so anyway um well let's get into our first segment which is called character counts wherein mom lists off all the characters like, you know, we're reading a playbill or something. Correct. All right. <laughs> Main character, Anna, or Anna, but I think call her Anna, Princess of Arendelle, played by Kristen Bell. And there's two other Annas at the very beginning of the movie. When yeah. And Elsa, Queen of Arendelle, <laughs> played by Adina Menzel, and Kristoff and Sven, his sidekick, who's a... Uh, a reindeer. Olaf, the snowman. Hans, the wicked prince of the Southern Isle. The Duke of Weaselton. Weaselton. <laughs> it's Weaselton, yeah. But they it's call him Weaselton. Weasel, it's okay. Yeah. He's pretty the, Weasley. Yeah. He's, oh, and the voice is perfect for playing a weasel. The Troll King and various and sundry other trolls. Oaken, oh, the general yeah. store. And the mother and father. Those are basically. Yeah. Those are the basic characters. Well, let's go around and everybody, uh, everybody name their favorite character. Matt, you go first. Me. Uh, Who's your favorite? Sacrificial uh, lamb to the wolves, right? (laughs) (laughs) Let's see how it is. Yeah. Uh, I I think my favorite character of the movie is Kristoff. Yeah. It's your typical, you know, heroic character. But I also like the fact that uh, Kristoff is very level-headed. Yes, he could be, you know, more optimistic, more hopeful. But, you know, he is good in a pinch. He, you know, searches for solutions. And, you know, he doesn't go crazy when things go wrong. So. Mm -hmm. All right, Mom. Anna. Of course. Anna. (laughs) The same every week, Matt. She, Sorry. Her favorite character is always the main character. The main character of the movie every single week. Okay. Well, okay. Almost. You think Not the going to be up, about the queen, time. but this is about Anna. Yeah. I think it's about both of them. Mostly about Anna. They kind of have, yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, they're, they're sort of, uh, you know, the major billing goes to both in this movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. But I, I just, I love her. her I love her innocence. I love mm-hmm. her persistence to find her sister. And of course, I don't want to say the ending yet. The ending is priceless. Yeah. We'll talk about the ending in a yeah. little while. The movie ever ends? <laughs> I, I guess 
not. If you, you know who my watch second it on favorite, a loop with your kids. My second favorite character, though, is is it Olaf? Olaf. <laughs> <laughs> the snowman. Yeah. My natural inclination is to say Anna as well. I really, I really am starting to, as I've watched it several times over the past few days, I have a lot more appreciation for Elsa than I used to. Because I think she really exemplifies like the theme of the movie, and we'll get into that as we go along. I think Anna and Elsa sort of uh, represent opposite sides of the theme of the movie, which, you know, we might as well say, I'm talking about the idea of love versus the idea of fear. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But I think Anna obviously represents love and uh, Elsa represents fear. So a Bible verse for that. You do know that, don't you? Yeah, we'll probably get to that too. Okay. So um, any other characters we want to talk about? I mean, I, I think you can say that all the characters in the movie, they all each represent a major, it's the words I'm looking for. They, they all, a personality trait of people. So, you know, yeah. fear, hope, optimism that is just totally out of nowhere. You know, yeah. Christoph being the, you know, he's the level-headed one that never gets happy. He never gets sad, except for just yeah. a little bit. You know, he never goes anywhere. You have Hans, who's the wolf in sheep's clothing. Weaselton, who just, he's the bad guy <laughs> from the outset, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, the Duke is a little tough to nail down because he's not like, I don't think he's like a bad guy on the same level as Prince Hans. He's just kind of a jerk. <laughs> no, I, I'll, I'll agree with that. 100% yeah. jerk. But they, you know, he's set up to look like he's going to be the villain of the movie. And then the movie sort of flips that towards the end, which we can talk about that in a little while, too. Because there's kind of been this trend in especially Disney movies in the last probably 15 years. They've had these sort of like twist villains. And I'm not sure it always works. I'm not sure that the reveal, I don't think that they plant the seeds for the twist in this movie very well mm -mm. you know there should be in good storytelling there's always a setup for every payoff and they don't really set up the twist that hans is going to be the villain it just sort of comes out of nowhere it's kind of messy storytelling it's not so much that it ruins the movie for me but it bothers me a little bit anyway so our next segment is called scene selections and the idea of this, Matt, is you kind of skip to whatever, you know, you remember the DVD menus where you'd skip to scenes? Uh, that's sure. what we're doing here. We're just each going to pick a couple of scenes that are like our favorites from the movie or, you know, give us, make us think about something or just we find funny or entertaining in some way. So uh, actually going to start, Matt, with you. So what is your oh, favorite, you. your first scene selection? Well, you're, um, you have to do the first one because it's the, you know. Okay. Well, yeah. My first scene selection is the very opening scene of the movie where, you know, Kristoff's clan, tribe, people, if you will, they're all talking, but they're all cutting the ice, talking about cutting the ice. And it really sets up, uh, I think, the entire storyline uh, because they're singing about how ice can be powerful and it can you know, be helpful and warm, yet it also can be cold and vicious. And, you know, it's exactly what you're talking about, the love versus hate, you know, thing, yeah. idea, fear versus love. 
everybody has that capability, you know, in them. And um, mm-hmm. it, it depends on which way you go and how much hope you have and how well you mm-hmm. deal with things, which path you slide down, so to speak. Yeah. What's the, I can't remember. I, I should have pulled up the song lyrics before, but they say something in the song about like a frozen heart. I can't remember. Beware the, line, the frozen but. heart. Beware, yeah, beware, the, beware the frozen yeah, heart. Beware the frozen Nothing heart. more yeah. vicious than a frozen heart. Yeah, that is, that is really good. That is a really, I've, it's weird because I've never really thought about that song much. It's not the, one of the songs I think of when I think of the music in you this movie. You have to watch it with the subtitle. Oh, no, no, it's not. But we <laughs> yeah. can't all pick the same the scene, so, you know. Because you can't yeah. understand what they're saying. Yeah, you can't really understand what they're That's saying. <laughs> but I usually watch it with That's the subtitle. That's where subtitles help. Yeah, they're wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I usually have the subtitles on no matter what I'm watching, but I think I just forgot to put them on this time. <laughs> anyway. Um, so mom, what's your, what, what's your first scene you want to talk about? Well, my first favorite scene is, do you want to build a snowman? Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons it's, it's my favorite is because they go to build the snowman and that's where the problems begin. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, but that's already happened, but now she's already been struck by Elsa. Mm-hmm. Cause when she first goes in, I'm sorry, I'm a little addled. When she first goes in to wake her up the first time, that's what she Uh says to her. Do you want to build a snowman? Yeah. When you go in to build the snowman, she gets hurt. And so that's where all the trouble... Oh, did anybody pick that scene? No. No. Well... You're the only one who picked it. (laughs) No, but I mean the first time when she gets hurt. Oh, no, we didn't pick that. Okay. Well, she gets hurt (laughs) and the parents decide to to hide the magic from Anna. Mm -hmm. So she gets a little bit bigger and she goes and knocks on the door and starts singing, do you want to build a snowman? The thing about the song is it bridges the gap from the backstory to the present day Mm -hmm. where all these years have gone by and she's singing this song at different ages, wanting Mm -hmm. to be close to her sister. They're all isolated from, they've locked the door, the gates, they've locked the doors, they've closed the windows, they lock up Elsa in a room. The parents make a bad decision. And this kind mm-hmm. of bridges the gap, shows you all the time that's passed by and Anna has just been left out and and is very uh, lonely. Yeah. So it's a three, well, I don't know how many years it is. Uh, but during- I think it's probably it, about 10 years. Yeah. During the one part of it is when the parents die. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so then the very last part of the song is after the parents have died and she's still begging her sister to come out of the room. She just yeah. wants them out. So it's really, I like it because it bridges that gap and shows you yeah. the, the events up to the day of coronation. Yeah. So my, my theater teacher in college, he had very, very strong opinions on what makes a good musical. And uh, his idea was if there's a song in a musical that doesn't do anything to advance either a character or a story, then it doesn't belong in the, in the musical. <laughs> and, you know, the example he would give was uh, Phantom of the Opera particularly the song Masquerade. That was his example of like a song that does not add anything whatsoever 
to the story or the characters. It's just empty spectacle. And a lot of Disney movies have those songs. I think there's one in this movie that doesn't really add anything. But this song uh, is the example of what exemplifies a good musical song because it yes. does. It, the song is essential to telling the story. And one thing, I think it's really cute when she sings into the keyhole. She's like, doesn't have to be a snowman. <laughs> but... Anna's first line of the song is, do you want to build a snowman? And she's very hopeful and she's happy. And then by the end, when she sings, do you want to build a snowman at the end? It is the saddest line you've ever heard. Yeah. And you see totally Elsa. Yeah. And then you see the other side of the door where Elsa's room is just covered in ice and they're sitting back to back against the door and they're so close together and they could not be further apart. So I do think that's a really great. The strongest metaphor. It's such a strong metaphor. Mm -hmm. Matt, do you have anything you want to add to that about this particular scene? (laughs) You pretty much got it. Yeah. The end where everything is frozen and she basically has her hands and her head in her hands. And Anna's there on the other side doing the same thing. But Mm -hmm. the animation there is really beautiful. But yeah, this whole movie is very, show their very beautiful to look at. It's really, uh-huh. it, it's amazing. So I am going to pick the scene that basically takes place right after that, because it says, the screen says three years later, and, you know, it's Elsa's official coronation day, because I guess she has to be 18 or whatever to officially become the queen. <laughs> For one thing, I love how that scene, you know, Anna wakes up and her hair is just this horrible mess. She has to pull some of it out of her mouth. <laughs> no. But then... It's like we, everybody waking we, up normally. I mean, come on now. Yeah. Yeah. I have hair in my mouth all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, so do I. I have a, I have a big mustache, so it's, it's a constant struggle to, <laughs> to get, keep hair out of my mouth. But it leads into the next song of the movie, which is called For the First Time in Forever. And it's such a lovely song because you really get to see, I mean, we've just had, do you want to build a snowman? And like I said, that song ends on such a bummer note, but then you see, you know, Anna's not going to let it get her down. She is just, she's such a joyful person. And of course it's coronation day. So they're going to have people in the castle for the first time in forever. And she's been so lonely and she's so excited to see other people and then of course she thinks oh maybe i'll meet a man you know she of course does and that's a whole different sequence but we're not going to talk about but yeah i i i really love the sort of visual playfulness of this scene where she's like posing next to the the paintings on the wall and like recreating the poses right in front but mostly i just i this is a good example of In Disney movies, there's often a, uh, when it's a princess movie especially, there's an I want song. This song fills that position in this movie. It's like, you know, part of your world from Little Mermaid or, you know. Uh, I don't know. I just really love this sequence. It's it's animated really well and you get a good sense of Anna's uh, personality and she's just very charming. She sure is. Anybody want to talk about that scene a little bit? No, you did really well. (laughs) It's my... It's really my favorite song in the whole. That one? Yes, it's my favorite. Yeah, you didn't pick it. 
No, it's not my favorite scene, but it's my favorite yeah. song. I love it when it's she a really well written song talks to Joan of Arc on the wall. Well, that's during Snowman. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I like she talks about. You're yeah, right. She's been making friends. I'll with the ride our bikes around the hall. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. No, I love that song. It's great. <laughs> All right, Matt. What is your next scene that you want to talk about? Uh, next scene is maybe one of the ones that you hear people talk most about uh, from the movie is, you know, let it go. Basically, uh, Elsa's hit rock bottom and she, there's just nowhere else to go. So she has taken not only the isolation at the castle, but <laughs> she's even furthered that by going up to the North Mountain, which the movie sort of leads you to believe it's the highest peak in the world in their immediate area. Yeah. You know, very cold anyway. And she feels like she can just truly experience her powers without having the fear. You know, she's dropped all mm -hmm. the fear that she had and can really be herself. She doesn't have to try and be someone that someone else wants her to be. Yeah, it's one of those things where, and uh, it ties in also, the first time you really hear any part of that song in the movie is during the scene I was talking about. Because... Mm -hmm. Anna's singing for the first time in forever, but then you like Elsa's song starts to creep into the to the sure. movie, and she starts singing "Conceal, Don't Feel," which is what her father would always say to her. It's really exemplified. I, we should back up just a little bit to give it some context. Like uh, you know, when they take Anna to the trolls to save her life, the, the sort of king troll, the what do they call him, Grand Poppy or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he says that like Elsa's powers are only going to grow and they're beautiful, but they also have danger and that fear is the greatest enemy. And then, of course, the parents do nothing to to now, if anything, they stoke the fear. The, they make they it a lot worse. Fear. Yeah, they are the perfect <laughs> example of very bad parents. <laughs> <laughs> Helicopter oh. parenting, you know. Uh, yeah. But of course, they're not around anymore because that shot where they get killed in the shipwreck. That is just, oh, that's terrible. It's one yeah. shot and it just looks like the worst thing ever. But yes, Elsa's finally coming to a place where she's not afraid of her powers, but she thinks she has to choose being alone. And that's the only way she's not going to fear anymore. It's really sad. If you think about it, it's a really sad song. Yeah. It sounds oh, like it a... It, it sounds no, it like sounds a big happy, like but, anthem. But it is yeah, sad. it's so sad. Of course, it's become a big hit song, and kids sing it at karaoke and all this stuff. And I think a lot of people don't think about what the song really is, what it means, or what it's talking about. So <laughs> I'm glad we got to talk about that. What were you going to say, Matt? I was just saying uh, I feel like that scene just sort of. It represents where we all are, you know, if mm -hmm. we ever hit that rock bottom point. And mm -hmm. you, you do feel alone. You, you feel like you, you can't necessarily do or say anything uh, right. And you're just better off being by yourself. And that way you're not inflicting any potential pain on people. And you mm -hmm. can work through whatever you need to work through before you interact with society again. Yeah. However, what we, what you want to say to Elsa at this point is, how's it working out for you? Yeah, sure. exactly. 
Because it does. I didn't say it was right. I just said <laughs> I that's, that's the human nature side. And, yes. and that's one of the reasons why I picked the scene is because it represents all the human nature. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Very good. Yeah. Anybody have anything to add before we move to the next scene? Good. All right. Mom, what's good. your next scene? I love the sleigh ride. <laughs> it just cracks me up because Anna has, when, and you're going to talk about the, you know, the general store or whatever you call it, the store. Yeah. But when they finally get in the sleigh, Kristoff and Anna are going to the North Mountain. Anna is just chattering like a silly girl. Yeah. You know? And she's really nonchalant trying to tell the story about why Elsa went all ice crazy. And <laughs> she's just chattering on. And Kristoff, it's like once she says that she and Hans got engaged and it was the day <laughs> they met, he's like frozen at that very point. He can't get past the fact that she got engaged to a guy she just met. I love it. Yeah, just pure yeah. practicality. You yes, know? <laughs> yes. And yeah. just, um, I love it when he says, get your feet down. Were you raised in a barn? He's, she says, no. It's a fresh I, lacquer. Fresh lacquer. Fresh lacquer. Fresh yeah. lacquer. No, I was raised in a castle. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, well, what made the queen go, or she says, was uh, all ice crazy. And she says, well, it was actually my fault. I got engaged and she freaked out because I just met him that day. <laughs> That's what I said. That's, that stopped Kristoff. He couldn't get past that. Yeah. But, um, and it's funny when, um, it's not really funny, I guess, but when the wolves, you know, when she throws something at the wolves and he thinks she's trying to kill him. Anyway, yeah. almost hit me, but I didn't. Yeah, but I didn't. <laughs> their, their conversation there was just a fun interlude to the seriousness of the movie. It yeah, was, it's almost like a like a sort of 1940s screwball comedy for yes, a little bit there. Yes. Yeah. Moral and like Arnie, sort yeah. of like Oh, I, I was thinking more is, like a Catherine Hepburn and like Spencer Tracy or something there you like go. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But if you hate the way he eats or the way he picks his nose and eats it. <laughs> All men do it. <laughs> All men do it, yes. Oh, <laughs> anyway, that's why I love that scene because it's just so much fun. <laughs> Well, I, I like the little detail at the end of the scene because, you know, they're being chased by the wolves and they have to jump over this ravine. Yes. And, of course, the sled does not make it. The rest of them, all they, they all do, Sven and Anna and Kristoff, the sled does not make it. And then it goes to the bottom because he has a little lantern on it. The sled gets set on fire. And it's like a scene in a movie where, like, a car goes over a cliff or something yeah. and explodes. <laughs> Such as the sled. The bad part of that is I, I just paid it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep, that whole scene. I love I love that. Okay. All right. I guess I got one more and then uh then we'll start to move into some like maybe some themes and stuff, which we talked about a little bit already. So I just I always like to pick a silly one when I'm doing these scene selections. And my favorite little little funny scene in this movie is when she's been wandering up the North Mountain all alone and she falls in a creek and she's her dress freezes 
So she's walking along and the dress is just all stiff from from the ice. <laughs> it looks really funny. But she wanders into I like she knocks the she knocks the snow off the sign and it's like uh wandering Oaken's trading post and then the snow falls off the little sign under and she's like, ooh, and sauna. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you go in this I just love Oaken. This he's yeah. cool. one of those delightful like one scene characters. He's just like He's <laughs> this hulking man sitting behind the desk, like, it's for blowouts. <laughs> <And> swimsuits. <laughs> what is it? Swimsuits and something, and like, and a, uh, clogs. like a sun, a sun or clogs. It's like, a, and a sun bomb of my own design. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> She's like, I'm thinking more like boots or like a winter dress, and points over to the winter department. Of course, there's nothing there. Because it's supposed <laughs> yeah. to be summertime. Yeah. Why would he have winter stuff out? Yeah. And then, of course, this it's is where... Supply and demand. Yeah, supply and demand. Uh, of course, this is where you meet... You've met Kristoff before in the movie, but this is the first time Anna's meeting him. And he comes in, he's just all covered in snow, and he's trying to get, trying to get a rope and a hook and some carrots for spin. And suddenly, he ends up calling the guy, Oaken, a crook. Because Oaken's trying to overcharge him because of supply and demand, and uh, then he realized it's like, oh, I, we didn't mention, you know, says, I'll also throw in a trip into the sauna or something like that, and he waves in there, and his whole family's in the sauna. <laughs> hey, family! It's just I don't know. It's just silly. There's nothing really deep or meaningful about it. I just like I just like that character. And then of course he throws Kristoff out for calling him a crook because he will not. He's a man of integrity. <laughs> he will not tolerate being called a crook, especially not in his own store. <laughs> but I just like how polite he is. He's <laughs> just, just a cheerful guy that runs a trading post on the side of the mountain. So. My favorite part of that is when Anna goes into the barn and she all of a sudden exercises her authority as the princess of Arendelle. You yeah. will keep me up the mountain now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you forgot the carrots. She throws them. Yeah. Of course, you also get the cute little song about how reindeers are better than people. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like that. <laughs> And how Kristoff likes to do Sven's voice. Sven doesn't yeah. talk. <laughs> great, great part. It's fun. Well, it's all great. right. I guess, what? Go ahead. Oh, it's, it's just sort of that whole scene, the, that wandering Oaken in the sled is sort of like a comedic interlude. And also when they meet Olaf. Yeah, we haven't really, really talked about Olaf. They're not touchy. Fit. Well, yeah, and he's just about to come in. But okay. The, the rest of it is all drama, drama at the beginning uh -huh. and the end, but all of that in the middle is just funny. Yeah, Olaf is a really funny character. I, I enjoy when he's like, I don't have a skull or bones. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the stuff he says is so weird. <laughs> of course, that's Josh Gad. He's, he's a very uh, popular comic actor, and um, he does a really great job with that character. The whole voice cast is really good, actually. So It is very good. Um, so I guess we need to, before we move into our next segment, we do need to talk about the ending of the movie. We always try to talk about the ending because the way a movie ends is kind of what the movie is about, with most movies at least. You know, 
I can't remember where I heard that. I think it was another podcast where they, they always say a movie is about how it ends. So that'll get us into the themes. But uh, so who wants to start talking about mom? Why don't you uh, why don't you sort of narrate the ending for us and then we'll get into it. Well, Anna has gotten thrown off the North Mountain by Elsa and she gets struck again. And this time it's a mortal strike unless something happens. And the mm-hmm. only way her heart can unfreeze is um, it's a mortal wound unless she's unfrozen by an act of unconditional love. And Kristoff mm-hmm. um, becomes the hero. He takes her to the trolls and that's where she, he finds out that she can only be saved by the act of unconditional love. And so he takes her back to the castle thinking that she's got to kiss Hans. Yeah. That needs to be the act of unconditional love. But we find out he's a narcissist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's a subversion of like the old, yeah. It's a subversion of the old Disney trope of like true love's kiss. You know, that's what yes. saves... Snow White and Sleeping Beauty, but yeah, this if movie only, has different things says, on its mind. If only I loved you. Is that Which what is saying? just, that is a real chilly line. And yes, I oh, am it is. that is a part. You're not, ex- <laughs> you're not ex- I wasn't expecting it. Were you expecting it? No, like I said, I don't think you they do a good it job of setting that up. Uh, Hans is your typical, uh, your typical douchebag frat guy. So yeah, yeah, I was expecting. <laughs> well, we're, I just wasn't prepared for it. I'm yeah, sure. I mean, it's it, it, Hans does not have very many redeeming qualities, you know. But um, Olaf comes to the rescue because yeah. she's locked in the castle. She's gonna die. Olaf risks. He builds. The, doesn't he build the fire? Yes, he does. He and then he starts he to melt. getting melt melted. He says some people are worth melting for, but they get out yeah. and 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 then they're on the ice, and she stops Hans from killing Elsa, and she gets frozen. But that's what thaws the heart. Mm-hmm. And then Arendelle becomes Summer again. It's so cute. <laughs> that was the short version. Okay. Matt, you have any thoughts on the, the ending of this movie? Uh, I, I think they're just setting up, you know, love conquers all. You know, yeah. Love conquers all. Anna never gave up hope in Elsa. And, of course, she has the supporting cast of her friends uh, mm-hmm. helping her throughout the way. And finally, Elsa sees what she needs to to realize, you know, she doesn't have to be afraid anymore. So, mm-hmm. It's not exactly like the scene uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, Home Alone, uh, the original Home Alone, when Holly yeah. Culkin, you know, he he decides he has to protect the house, and he or he's gonna mm-hmm. and he's gonna go down. May have been when he goes down into the basement as well, and he starts screaming, "I'm not afraid anymore. Yeah, I'm not afraid <laughs> anymore." You know, uh, yeah. But but that's what that scene, you know, the end of the scene where. Elsa comes around really reminds me of and you know love conquers all your duty conquers mm. all you know type deal yeah I think what I like about this is you know in an older Disney movie it would be about like the romantic kind of love that would be the act of true love I yes. like that this movie flips that and makes it about the bond between two sisters and that's the that's the real love story of the movie 
because you know a love story doesn't have to be a romance it's just any story about any relationship can be a love story and i i really like that well eventually on this show we'll talk about brave and that's another movie that does something similar it's a, it's a different kind of love story than your sort of conventional one well the bot can i say what the bible verse is why don't we save that for the next segment all right <laughs> We're about to get into it. We're going to get into our next segment now. Um, next segment is called Lessons Learned, wherein we talk about what this movie makes us think about and feel and all of that. So, Mom, go ahead. You're obviously itching to talk. Yes. <laughs> um, it's, it's about un- unconditional love, okay? Uh-huh. And it's on, in lots of characters, Olaf. Mm-hmm. He loves everyone. Yeah. It's just... And Anna loves Elsa. Anna gives her life for her sister. Uh And that act of love thaws the heart, like we said. Mm -hmm. Elsa, poor Elsa, up to this point is frozen. Her her whole life is frozen. She can't Mm -hmm. function. Yeah. Function on any level. Once she zaps Anna in the beginning of the movie, her whole life is just, she's bound up. Mm-hmm. And that's where this Bible verse comes in. First John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Mm-hmm. And I, that's the verse that comes to my mind. And uh, I just love it. Anna mm-hmm. helps her to get rid of her fear by loving her to the point where she will give her life for her. Poor uh, Elsa had had been taught at a very young age to conceal, don't feel, by her parents. Mm -hmm. Running away from her fears didn't get her anywhere, though. Yeah. Her sister uh, helped her. I think it's a great lesson learned. Mm -hmm. Matt, do you have anything to add to that? Oh, I agree. I I don't have anything. (laughs) Uh, nothing okay. nothing that would uh be productive <laughs> do you have any other like things that this movie makes you think about at all the movie you know i, I sort of and it, it does you know trailer on uh what pat says is yeah I, the the movies i feel like it is about growing up you know about getting mm-hmm. through the the fears when you're a child and then the fears of being accepted when you're a teenager. And you see that from different aspects of, you know, human personality traits and the different characters, you know, with Kristoff, you see it in his songs, you know, obviously Sven, you know, is voiced by Kristoff. And so Kristoff just uses that together, you know, and then Olaf, he, he loves everybody. He, it doesn't matter what goes on. He's always bright and sunny and that's just, mm-hmm. and there's people who do that, you know? Um, yeah. You know, it's, uh, Oh, look, or, Oh, would you look at that? I've been impaled, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he's just, he's almost like, yeah, whatever. Okay. I'll fix it. You know? Um, yeah. So, uh, and you have to get over the, the fear with fear with Elsa, with Anna, you have to get over, you know, her feeling like she's been abandoned and feeling like, well, you know, I have to figure out a way to save my family. But mm-hmm. I'm rambling. I apologize. No, that was good. 
That's what we do on this show. We ramble. ramble. (laughs) Oh, that was good. Yeah. I do. I was thinking about this. Um, To go back to Olaf, because we we really haven't talked about him that much. Um, I was watching a YouTube video. I think that's, I think they said it in this video. Olaf is all of Elsa's positive emotions that she's Mm. shut out of her heart. She's put it all into this snowman. She didn't even mean to do it, but he comes from all the love for Anna that she has not shown ever since they were kids, you know, when they first built Olaf. And that's why he's such a sunny, positive character is because, yeah, it's, it's all those repressed emotions that she's always wanted to express, but couldn't. And so it manifests in, in the snowman. So I really like that. I had never thought about it that way before. But I he's haven't just either. such a silly you character. Said, you just said something. Why he yearns for summer. I yeah. never thought about it that way. What The reason he yearns for summer is because Elsa can't really feel warmth. Yeah. But she's so frozen. I never thought about that. That's really good. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a deeper movie than I think I ever gave it credit for. I've had to watch it a few times to sort of pick up on all the stuff going on. And like I said, I think that there's certain things about the storytelling that's a little messy. Like, we don't really need the fixer-upper song in this movie. It doesn't, doesn't contribute anything. You're right. To the, to the themes or the characters or the story. It's just kind of this filler, and it goes on for a little while. But, I used to think uh, the summer song didn't add to it, but now that we think about Olaf in that way, it's a yeah. big, it, it adds a lot. Yeah. Thank you. So, yeah, I, like I said, I'd never thought about Olaf that way until somebody else pointed it out to me. Uh, but now I really like that character because, yeah, he's funny and he's silly, but uh, he represents something pretty profound at the heart of this movie. Mm-hmm. Anybody else got anything they want to talk about before we move on? Now the fun part. Oh, the fun part. It's the flip scale. <laughs> so Matt, you've, you've never done this show before. Uh, so this is how it works. Uh, we, we rate movies on a two-pronged scale uh, from one to 10. Uh, the first scale is fun, being just pure entertainment, you know, how much it makes you laugh and all that. And then the, the second prong is feelings. So that has more to do with like, thematic depth and um you know thoughtfulness stuff like that so uh we're gonna go to you first because you're our guest we always do the guest first so how would you rate this one to ten on a fun scale on a fun scale because even when you're a dad and you don't you know want to sing the song (laughs) the songs get stuck in your head you yeah uh you're going to think about it. You're going to be humming it in the next few days, no matter what you want to do. It's, and it doesn't help that, you know, the songs are so addictive for a better term yeah. that the kids run around singing it constantly. So you're hearing them over and over and over. <laughs> so I, I'm going to have to give that a 10 on the, the entertainment value, you know, there. Uh, because anything that can make you think about it continually for at least a few <laughs> days, if not even longer, because when you just hear a couple of notes on the radio, bam, yeah. you know, it brings those emotions back with the songs. Oh, uh, yeah. It's got to be a 10. 
Yeah, you can never hear. That's right. It's like, it's going to be in your head for days. That's right. The little piano part. Yeah. All right. Mom, what do you give it on fun? Oh, I have to give it a 10. Okay. Do you want to build a snowman? Or does it have to be a snowman? Okay, uh, I'm going to be a little bit of a party pooper here, and I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it an eight. What? Still a good score. It's, I'm sorry, the back half of this movie it drags a little bit for me. Like I enjoy most of the movie, but like I said, like stuff like the troll scene, it doesn't need to. I mean, the scene needs to be in there, but it turns into this whole song and dance. It's not even that good. They're There's trying to matchmake between. Chris I know, but it doesn't. I know, but it's just—it's just not a great song. So I can't give it full marks if there's certain sequences that just don't work for me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to give it an eight. Okay. All right. So Matt, what would you give it on the feelings scale? Now the describe to me again. The feelings is how you feel about the movie. How the movie? No, makes you more feel, like. Or? Yeah, that can be part of it, but. Uh, also just like themes and like how much how deep does the movie go you know exploring its ideas and stuff like that yeah i mean the the movie i feel like it definitely has a lot deeper meaning a lot deeper themes than just when you first realize it Mm -hmm. Uh, and most great family movies you know are like that Mm -hmm. you know the it's sufficiently childish enough that the kids are entertained. But if you look a little below skin deep, it has, you know, humor or a theme, you know, that the adults appreciate or that adults Mm -hmm. can connect with in addition to the silly stuff uh, from the kids. So um, uh, I'll I'll give it an eight and a half. Okay. That's maybe a little generous. That's maybe a little generous. I don't know. I don't know how how rough y'all are on these movies. Okay, this is my first time, and I I haven't got to observe, you know, yeah. or listen to any of the previous podcasts. So I, I don't so know how far, rough I need to be. So far, we've given everything a pretty good score. Like, no, we didn't. I don't, Rescued by Ruby, it it didn't get a high score. That didn't get a great score. That was more just because the story behind it was really good. But we tend to come down favorably on these movies i mean we picked them because we like them so. yeah we do. <laughs> sure sure i'm i'm very generous i think this has deep meaning okay deep spiritual meaning it it just it, i loved it from the very first time i saw it i just was so surprised like i said i didn't see it till like three years i never saw it at theater but mm-hmm. um, i i give it a 10 okay i love this movie Okay. I picked, it. I picked it. Okay. Well, I, I'm not saying that it doesn't have no, no, deep meanings. Okay. I'm just saying I don't feel like they explored everything sufficiently. Like you have to really dig and watch and analyze. You know, it's not. Well, that's know, okay. That's part of the explored. fun. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Just when the ending <laughs> happened, I was so surprised and it just really spoke to my heart. It really did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to split the difference between y'all and give it a nine for feelings. This movie, especially watching it with sort of fresh eyes this week and then having this conversation about it, it's made me think about some stuff in uh, 
yeah, I think this movie has a pretty profound point to make. So yeah, I'm gonna give it a nine. So this is gonna get a really good score. Nine. It's a nine. <laughs> it's a nine on the flip scale. All right. Um, so we like to ask one more question. What ages is this movie like ideal for? I uh, I think anybody can watch it. You yeah. Know, it doesn't matter how old you are, uh, yeah. unless you're just a grumpy old man. And then you're probably <laughs> not going to enjoy it at all because you're going to get ticked off by the songs. You're yeah. not going to be musically inclined. You'll be mad that everybody's joyful on the screen throughout the whole movie. Probably don't like musicals anyway, you know, but uh, that, that, that perfect audience, I would say, is probably uh, six to six to 12. And, yeah. you know, then, you know, the parents being, you know, 25 to 35, you know, because those that's you. I'm just slapping out there the age of you know, parents are when they have normal kids from the bell curve of society, so. <laughs> no, I was 65 before I ever saw them. Yeah. And yeah, I but you're was... not a grumpy old lady. Oh, well, this okay. is, I hope not. You're not a grumpy no. old lady. I no, say we, all, we... all ages. This is great for all ages, but. Yeah, and most, we love musicals. Most in the older house. men probably are not going to like this movie. <laughs> I don't know. Does dad like it? I don't know. I didn't ask him. <laughs> Actually, no, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess that wraps up our discussion oh, of Frozen. That was fun. Um, so thanks, Matt, for coming yeah. on the show. Uh, Thank you bringing, for having me. Bringing your thoughts. Uh, next time... We are going to be discussing the 1992, I want to say, uh, Disney live action musical Newsies. So get ready for some pretty great dancing and uh, a fair a bit of talk about labor rights. <laughs> so until then, let it go, let it go. <laughs> I am one with the wind and sky. <laughs> Very good. Good night, y'all. Good night. <laughs>